Right. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hope everybody's doing good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Ah, uh, so good. Matthew 16. If this is your first time with us, um, I want to welcome you. My name is Alex, the lead pastor here, and we are actually wrapping up um, a series um, that we started this year called New Year, New You, and we've been doing a 21 days of fast, and um, we have one more week to go, and I'm praying for you. I hope you, you, you joined our devotional. Um, that's been really good to hear everybody's comment and whatnot. And um, so I cannot wait to hear the stories uh, of how God is working in your life. Um, so we're in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. And my prayer is that this series has been helpful to you, that it's been practical. And um, by the way, on the 9th, so in a couple of weeks, we're going to start a brand new series called entitled Determined. It's based off of the life of the Old Testament prophet Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Uh, Elijah was an incredible guy. I mean, there's so much we can learn from him. Um, he had to face an angry king. And uh, have you ever had to face an angry boss uh, or somebody that frustrated you? I know I have. He had to face a devastating drought. And for them, a time of drought was um, financial crisis. And so have you ever had to go through a time of financial crisis? I know I have. And, um, I mean, epic opposition. He went through some things that, like, when, when we get into it, you're going to be like, how did he make it? And what I love about it is that we're going to learn um, how he overcame all of those obstacles. Um, and when the world around us is spinning out of control, um, where do we turn to? Like, wh- who do we go to? What do we do? And so Elijah is a, an incredible um, person that shows us that. And I want to challenge you to um, begin to think about inviting someone uh, to this series. I think that this could be a, a, a huge help to people. I want to challenge you to not just come by yourself, but um, pay for somebody's lunch or something. Figure out a way to you know, bribe a friend and just encourage them to come. You know, There are people that need to hear God's word. There are people that need to hear um, the hope that God's word provides. And, and you can be that person. I want to challenge you to be bold and be courageous. And uh, on the 9th, by the way, we're starting our second service too. So uh, we're going to have a 9.30, there you go, and um, an 11 o'clock service. And uh, so we're really excited about that. And um, if you're an owner here at LifePoint, if you believe in the vision of the church and you're an owner, I want to encourage you to serve one and attend one, okay? Serve one, attend one, preferably attend the 9.30 service and serve the 11, okay? Most people will come at 11. In fact, it's what, what they call optimal times. So 11 o'clock is an optimal time for people just to go to church. 9.30 is another optimal time. Some people like to go to church early and maybe enjoy the rest of the day, go watch the game, spend time with family, enjoy the, 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 you know, the, the rest, their day off. And so we believe that we're going to be able to reach a lot more people by having two optimal times, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. And so um, it's also going to help us um, open up a little bit more room. So if you need to, you know, for our guests to spread out, there are times when we have families. If you have a family of four or five, you know, like a lot of times we have to move chairs around and try to figure out a space. So 
we want our guests to feel comfortable and we want to open up a little bit more room so that's going to help us and um, and then one of the things that matters to me is our volunteers we have some incredible volunteers uh, our kids volunteers yeah just give it up for our volunteers we have some incredible so I mean like commitment level I mean their dedication is just unbelievable um, but if you serving kids one of the challenges that we face today is um, we um, you get to, you miss the worship. I mean, I was really like, I loved our, like the way we do worship and, and the message is okay, you know, but I get to, put, you know, get, you know, make it through. But if you work in, if you're serving kids, you, um, like today, there are people that will miss the worship, they'll miss the service, the message, and that will never happen again because you can serve one and then attend one. So it's a win-win situation. It's going to help us reach more people. It's going to help us with our volunteer uh, kids, optimal times. And so the only thing that I'm asking you is to, if you're not serving right now, I want to challenge you to think about getting plugged in somewhere. You can talk to me. You can talk to Pastor Nicholas. Uh, you can talk to anyone on our, on our team, but I think it's going to be great. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. So that is... February 9th, okay, so we got a couple of weeks. February 9th is when we start that. New series, new service times. Okay, so you are in Matthew, Matthew 16, right? That's what I said. One of the principles that we've been learning from God's word is this. I think we, can we put it up on the screen? People who win in the game of life do what? Do, help me out, consistently what others do occasionally. So that's kind of the theme of the series. People who, do, who win in the game of life do consistently. It is so hard for me to be consistent. You know, even throughout the fast, just being vulnerable with you. Like, I've messed up. I've had really good intentions, and I've blown it a couple times. But, you know, the Bible says the righteous man, the righteous woman falls seven times, yet he or she gets up. And so it's in the getting up. And so one of the things that we've been saying over and over and over again is if you want to win... You have to do consistently what most people do occasionally. So week one, we talked about you have to be consistent. The second week, we brought another element, and it was this, this, this word, um, you have to be intentional. So you have to be consistently intentional, okay? We learned that from Daniel. We learned that from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. And today, I want to add another element, just the last element. If you want 2020 to be a year where you look back and you say, man, that was a good year for me, you have to add this element. You ready for it? Here it is. You have to own the sacrifice. What do you mean, Pastor Alex? You have to own the sacrifice of being a Jesus follower. You have to own it. In fact, tap the person next to you and tell them, own it. Own it. Go ahead and tell them. Tell them this, tell them this, tell them this. Nothing good ever comes without sacrifice. Go ahead and tell them that. All right? If you're not sitting next to someone else, text your spouse or text someone that you know. All right? Like figure out to send the message to someone. Own it. You have to be willing to own. It takes a sacrifice being a, a Jesus follower. If you've, um, if you've ever met a great athlete, like, if you know of any great athletes, ask them if, they, if they've sacrificed anything. A lot of times they'll tell you, man, they've sacrificed their time, they've sacrificed their bodies, they've sacrificed their, their own family. And the only reason why they're great athletes is because of all of the sacrifices that they've made. You, you, you go to a great church and ask, ask the people if, if they've sacrificed anything. 
More than likely, if you've ever been to a great church, man, you love that place. The people are different. I mean, like there's, there's spark. There's something going on. If you, if you pull up, if you pull the curtains, if you look behind the scenes, what you will see is a bunch of people, a bunch of volunteers, a few pastors that are willing to do whatever it takes for the sake of Christ. Nothing good, nothing of greatness, I, I would even dare say, ever comes without sacrifice. A great marriage takes sacrifice. You've ever met, have you ever met someone that's been married 25, 30, 35 years? Have you ever met anybody like that? Ask them, what does it take to make it that long? And I promise you, they'll tell you, it takes, it takes a little bit of sacrifice to be able to do that. A great career, a great body, great church, great marriage, athlete. This is how Jesus puts it, Okay. Listen to his words. It says in Matthew 16, verse 21. I'm reading from the, the New Living Translation. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, I love how like he was upfront with them, that it was necessary for him to go where? To go to Jerusalem. So Jesus is leading the way. There's nothing Jesus will ever ask you to do without him doing it first. So he says says, hey guys, I'm going to have to head up to Jerusalem. Now listen to what the Bible says. It says, and, and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law, that he would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. So this is what I just said to you about like, you know, anything of greatness comes with sacrifice. He's, he leads the way. Verse 22, watch this. It's so interesting. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Peter's like, there's no way I'm going to let you go to Jerusalem. There's no way you're gonna, I'm going to let them touch you. There's no way I'm going to let you be killed by those people. Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Man, we will, you know, and Peter's thinking he's doing a good thing, right? He's thinking like, like man, I'm like, like I'm the disciple of the year. I'll do whatever it takes from, for Jesus, you know? And then Jesus looks at him, and I don't know what Peter thought, but I'm sure he was blown away by this. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. A little bit, it's a little bit harsh, right? Because Peter was, his intentions, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine that he had good intentions. And Jesus looks at him and is like, get away from you. You're a stumbling, some of the translations, they put it like that. You're a stumbling block to me. Now, here's what's interesting. If you look, if you have your Bibles, look back, like, go back like seven verses. And you look, and I think it was like verse 17, verse 16. It's not on the screen, but you can just go back real quick. And you'll see that Jesus actually asked them, uh, his disciples, another question. He, he asked them, what, who do people say that I am? You know, and then, then they're giving different answers, you know, different people thought different things. And they said, but who do you say that, that I am? And it was Peter who says... You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. 
And I love that, you know, because Peter goes from, from like the highest high to the lowest low. And Jesus comes back and he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, you are blessed. Right? And notice the contrast, right? This is like seven verses, right? Like right before it. You are blessed because my heavenly father revealed this to you. Like this, you didn't get this info from like other people. You did not get this info from the religious leaders. Nobody else is telling you this, but my heavenly father. And so Peter goes from, from like the mountaintop, right? Like, man, I'm doing good. Like, like I have a direct connection with the father. Jesus is saying, you are blessed. And then seven verses down, he says, you're Satan. <laughs> How would you feel? You know, holy cow, why is that? I tell you why. Because as human beings, that's, that's the way we are. We go from the ups to the downs. So like in, in a matter of sometimes days, sometimes hours, you know, we can be having a great day and things could be clicking. And then all of a sudden we make a mistake. We, we trip over. We, you know, we, we, we just, we're imperfect. And Jesus understands that, that we have, it's what the Bible calls uh, the flesh or sin nature, right? Like we have a propensity to not want to sacrifice things. Like we have a propensity to go with what's easy, right? Like I'm not the only one, right? Like if it's up to us, like we, most of us, we run away from pain. I do, you know, like... I don't want to sacrifice. I mean, I love Jesus and I love my Savior and I love everything. But I don't want to do what Peter did like when he was crucified, up, uh, crucified upside down, you know. And so as human beings, Jesus understands that just like Peter, we can go from saying you are the son of the living God to, to being the mouthpiece for Satan. Because he's, it was God's sovereign plan for Jesus to go to the cross. And Peter was off. He was off base, completely off base. And Jesus knows that because we have a propensity to go in a different... It's, it's what the Bible calls the flesh, sin nature. It's not just Peter. It's me. It's you. It's all of us. We want less work. We want less stress. We want to take shortcuts. We want the easy way out. Don't look at me like that. I know you do. I'm not the only one. We all want that. And so on this occasion, Peter blows, you know, makes a mistake. And Jesus says, you're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely, merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. So here's the danger. In 2020, it, it will bring many blessings. And that's, I've said that multiple times throughout the series. I believe that God will bring many blessings your way. But with each one of those blessings, there will come some battles. And for each one of those decisions that you have to make, you have to have, you have, just like Peter, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. But for each one of those decisions, you will have to have, you'll have to have the right perspective in life. And you can either, you can either have a, 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 like God's point of view or a human point of view. You can either look at things the way that God looks at them, or you can look at things the way human beings. You can either be earthly-minded or kingdom-minded. You can choose comfort, or you can choose sacrifice. So my question for you that I want you to think about, okay? And then it's not, I'm not trying to, like, I want you to hear my heart. I'm working 
kind of working out the details in my own spiritual walk too, okay? So this message is kind of, I'm pointing fingers in my direction. But here's the question that I want you to ask. Is there an area of my life where my perspective is more leaning towards a, the, a human point of view than God's point of view? Is there anything in my life where I'm like, man, yeah, I'm choosing comfort over XYZ. I'm doing this more than this. Is there an area in your life where, and I say this in all humility, I struggle with this. It's not, it's not something that I can say, man, I got this one. You know, look at me because I'm like, I'm doing really good. No, every day I have to make decisions in the way I lead the church, in the way I lead my family, in the way I lead myself, where I have to say, okay, Lord, if I'm honest with, my, with you and with myself, like, am I really doing things, like, what's the motive behind it? Right? Where, where am I at? And if there is an area where you think where you're being more human, where you're, you're, you have more of a human point of view than, than God's point of view, I want, you, I want to encourage you to, to listen to the next verse that we're going to read. Listen to it as if Jesus was here in the rooms saying those words to you. Okay? Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, says, if any of you wants to be my what? My follower. Do you want to be his follower? I believe so. You're here because you want to learn from God's word. You're here because you want to be challenged and inspired. You're here because you want to put him first. Jesus is telling you this. This is a message straight to you. He's saying, if you, if you really, is this really what you want? You want to be my follower? You must. Give up your own way. There, there's no options. You know? There, there's no, hey, let me, give you, let me give you A, B, and C. You get to choose. No, like he's being clear. You've got, you've, you've got to make a decision on this. You've, you must give up yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You have to own the sacrifice that it takes being a Jesus follower. Now, I want to say something to you that I've, I've said before, um, and, and it's something that I believe to my core, okay? And I want you, if you're just stepping in for the first time, if you don't remember or whatever, I want you to think, think of it. I want you to wrestle with this, this statement, okay? <clears throat> I want you to say it with me. Say it out loud. I, I say it often. I believe in repetition. I think it helps us remember things. And so there are phrases that I say often because I want you to, I want you to, retain those things. So say this with me, whether you believe it or not, I want you to re wrestle with it for, for a minute. <clears throat> say this, salvation is free. It costs me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. All right, so let's say it one more time, okay? I want all of us to kind of think it through, wrestle with it, whether you believe it or not. Salvation is free. It costs me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. That's the dilemma that we face in Christianity. It's almost like we have the big neon sign that says, free! And then you go in and it's like, oh no, there's nothing free about this. It's almost like when you, you know, you've ever been to the mall or the store or whatever, and it's like, 50 per, you know, on sale, 50% off, 70, 85% off, and like your wife is pulling you, like, honey, it's off, or your husband, let me, let me make sure I balance that out, I don't want to get in trouble later, you know, so your spouse is pulling you, you know, it is 85% off, we have to go, and then you go, and then what happens? 
really not off. I'm going to have to pay for all this stuff, right? Like, it's kind of like this. Um, can we put that? There you go. L- look at that. Lose up to 30 pounds without dieting. How many of you believe that? No sacrifice. No, you know, no need to watch your calories. No exercise. For $59.99 a month. In fact, actually, plus shipping and handling. So it's $69.99. You can actually lose 30 pounds. How many of you believe it? Yeah. You know better, right? Yeah, that company, you can get rid of that picture. There you go. I know some of you want to have that body. And you're like, man, that's what I want to look like. You know how much that company has made? $360 million. Because some people think that you can have a body like that with no sacrifice. I I don't want to lie to you. I want my motives to be in the right place. I'd love for everybody in this room to be a Jesus follower. But it will cost you something. Salvation is free. It it costs me nothing. But following Jesus will always cost you something. And when you read the Bible, you look in the Old Testament, there's all kinds of rules, over like 600 rules about sacrifices. And we don't have to do the same thing, thank goodness. But they're killing animals and they're doing this for atonement of sin. I mean, if you, if you lift in that, I mean, you better be glad. We have it easy. You know, but if you lift in that, there was like all these rules. I mean, like if your teenager rebelled, you could take them to the city, legally take them to the city, city council and stone them. All right. Like if they were rebelling, any teenagers in the room, in the house, you know, like, I mean, talk about like putting the fear of God in your child. Right. Like the phrase, honey, I'm going to kill the kids. You're not going to believe what they did. Had a totally different meaning back then. (laughs) You know, your parents said that you're like, I'm out of here, you know. And then you move on to the New Testament, and it's a little bit less weird, but it's still weird. You had all these rules, and you, you know, all this, you know, about morality, and about marriage, and about the way you're supposed to treat people, and, and purity, and what you're supposed to do, and money, and all of that. And, and, and it's, it's still like tons of rules that you have to follow. And if you're like me, you're like, man, I'll take the free gift. You know, I want, I want the fire insurance. I don't want to... You know, I want to heaven. Yep, that's where I'm going. But I'm not really sure I'm willing to pay the price. I'm not really sure that I'm willing to accept that it will cost me something. I'll, I'll take some things. I'll leave some behind. You know, it's, I'll pick this, but I'm not so sure because that, that's going to cost me a little bit too much. It's kind of like this, this lady. I think we have a, a picture. Okay, so this is an old new, uh, newspaper article. This lady, she puts a picture of her cat and her husband. Apparently, the husband didn't like cats or something. And this is what the article said. I don't know if you can read it, but this is what it says. Beautiful, six-month-old kitten, playful, friendly, very affectionate, ideal for family with kids. And next to the cat, she puts a picture of her husband, handsome, 32-year-old husband, personable, funny, good job, does not like cats. He says, he goes or the cat goes. Call Jennifer. Come see both and decide which one you like. I wonder if that's what we do in our Christian walk. Lord, I'll pick this, but no, I don't want that. I'll get, I'll, I'll get saved. I'll step over the line of faith. I'll raise my hand. But 
I don't want to get baptized. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm afraid of that water. Plus that preacher, you know, you never know. He's so crazy. He may hold me down a little bit longer, you know. I'll say, I'll say yes to this, but I'm not so sure I want that. You know, I, I'll, I'll, you know, man, I'll get rid of the smoking thing, but not, not my drinking. Or I'll do this, but I'm not so sure about this. And if you're not careful, you can pick and choose a la carte. You know, I'm willing to pay for that, but I'm not willing to pay for that. Salvation is free. Cost me nothing. Following Jesus will always cost me something. Look, look at the verse one more time. Verse 24, you must give, your own, give up your own way. Take up your cross. This is the first time Jesus mentions the word cross to his disciples. When you think of the cross, totally different. When they heard that word, what they're thinking is, they're picturing what comes to mind is a violent and degrading death. It would be like me saying, you want to be a Jesus follower? You need to be selfless and you need to face the electric chair. Right? That's, that's what the way that the, when they thought of the cross, it wasn't a symbol of hope. When Jesus says, pick up your cross, he's saying, if you want to be my follower, I'm asking for total commitment. You know, like I don't want you to be wishy-washy. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I need you to be all in. You want to follow me? Are you sure you want to, you want to do this? It's, it's going to take some sacrifice. You need to own it. Own it. Own it. So verse 25, watch this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will, help me out, you will what? Lose it. Let me say it again. You help me out. If you try to hang on to your life, which is what all of us want to do, right? I'm not alone here. All of us, like we just, it's my life. I want, it's my comfort. It's what I love, right? It's, we, all of us struggle with that. It's, it's a, this the flesh, you know, the, the sin nature that we deal with. We, this is what I want. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it, he says. If you give your life for my sake, you'll save it. So here's a kicker. Salvation is free. It costs me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. But listen to this. But refusing... To follow him will always cost you more. Do you get it? Salvation is free, cost me nothing. Yes, that's true. Following Jesus will cost me something. Yep, that's true. But when you refuse to follow him, however big of a sacrifice it is, it will always cost you more. And that's why he says, if you, if you hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. If you give it away for my sake, you're going, you're going to save it. And when you go back and you look at the, 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 the scripture where it says that he was going to be killed, that he was going to suffer, right there, right next to it, it also said that my heavenly father was going to lift him up. It also says that on the third day, he was going to be raised. It, and it says that he was going to conquer death. And so it wasn't just a sacrifice that that Jesus was talking about, it was also what our Heavenly Father was going to do with Jesus Christ. The fact that His name is above every name. The fact that every knee, whether you're a believer or not, will bow down to Him. Every knee will kneel down to Him. 
So it's not like Jesus came back from the dead and he has the same status. No, 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 no. He was brought up to the highest position of honor because the greater the sacrifice, the greater the reward. Verse 26 says, And what do we benefit if we gain the whole world but lose our own soul? Penetrating question. What do we benefit if we gain the whole world and lose our own soul? Is, it, is there anything worth more than your soul? Now watch verse 27. We'll close with this one. For the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will come. So he's coming back. One of these days, we're going to do a series on the book of Revelation. I cannot wait. I've been thinking about it for a while. And um, I, think you, I think you'll enjoy it. For the Son of Man, for Jesus Christ himself, will come back with his angels. Watch this. In the what? In the glory of his Father. Full of the Father's glory. He's going to come back. For the Son of Man will come with his angels. And I just cannot imagine what that's going to look like, you know. And he will judge all people according to their deeds. Now, the word judge can also be translated reward, okay? Like if you look in your Bibles, how many of you have the word, uh, the word reward? Raise your hand, yeah. So it's a, it's a word that can, it's a, it can be used both ways, judge or reward. He's going to do both. If you're not in Christ, you will be judged, okay? If you are in Christ, you will be rewarded. The, the word is the word apodidomi. Can you say it with me? Say apodidomi. Say nice and strong like you know Greek, apodidomi. There you go. Now you know a new word. Apodidomi. It means, it means this. It means to relinquish what's one's own. It means to, to voluntarily cease to keep and to just to give up what's, what's mine and to just give it up to someone else. Let's, let's read it again. It, it, says, it says that he will give up what's his and he will give it to his people. In, in Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13, you don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. He says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward, there it is, with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So Christ will come back. And he will judge those who are not in Christ. And he will reward those who are in Christ. Now, those who are in Christ, he will reward you according to your deeds. So I'm going to ask the band. You guys can get on stage. We're, we're wrapping this up. I want to illustrate this. It's kind of a silly illustration, but I think it's... I'm hoping that it makes sense, okay? So try to get the heart behind You're a forgiving crowd, so if it doesn't work out, you'll, you'll forgive it. But um, I, I need a volunteer. And um, would, you, would you give me a hand, Terry, real quick? You guys give it up for Terry. Um, Terry, you've been coming to the church for, what, two years now? About a couple of years. Um, Terry's a fantastic cook. Anytime that we do an event, man, she'll cook for us. She'll cook for the teachers. I mean, she's unbelievable. Um, I mean, we for our, 
staff Christmas party, you know, we had just an incredible um, time at her house. And she had all kinds of little foods decorated and all that. Fantastic. Um, we are really good friends. Um, I just want to ask you, and this hasn't been like, I haven't like told you what I'm going to do. Like this, is, I, don't, I want to make sure it's not like you think that it's staged or anything like that. Okay, she has no idea what I'm getting ready to do. But you trust me, right? Like I'm not that evil kind of guy. Okay, this may work, this may not work. We'll see. For this to work, you will have to trust me. Okay, um, so do you trust me? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to make a promise. I, I asked my wife earlier and she said no. So, you know, it's like, I'm not doing that. And I'm just joking, I didn't. Um, but for this to work, you have to trust me. Um, I, I'm going to make a promise that by the end of the service, which we're, we're going to wrap things up here in a minute, you're going to be better off. Okay? So whatever happens, I promise you that by the end of the service, you will be better off. Okay? You believe me? You trust me. Awesome. Okay, I'm just curious. Did you bring your credit card? Could, you, could I have your credit card? Okay, Awesome. Whichever one you want, you know? Roy, Roy doesn't mind. Awesome. The, the visa. Fantastic. Love it. Thank you so much. Okay, so, so I'm asking you to give this to me, but like, not like, like you're transferring ownership of this to me. Like, like it's mine now, okay? Do you trust me? Oh, I wasn't thinking that far. <laughs> okay, do you have your cell phone? Could you give me your phone? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Nice iPhone. All right, I'm going to do one more, uh, and I need you to trust me for this one. Could you give me your wedding band or your engagement ring? Whoa. You guys give her a hand. Go ahead. You can maybe see that. Man, that was easy. This is a nice ring. I love this. So you know that you've transferred ownership of those things to me. They belong to me. He can buy you another one. <laughs> Whew, boy, we were friends, right? Not anymore. Um, of the three, I know, and I know you're playing along, but of the three, which one would you be more emotionally attached to? The ranks, yeah, absolutely. So because they're mine, I'm, I'm going to be super kind, and I'm going to give you this fancy Visa credit card. It's got your name, so what do you say? There you go, because it is mine, so I'm giving it back, and I'm going to give you this phone, and I'm going to give you, I'm, man, this one, I don't know if I should, I, I'm going to give you this back. You guys give her a hand real quick. I told you that you, you'd be better off, so I just got, for, thank you for playing along, I got you a $10 uh, gift card. Now, here's, here it is. I, want, I don't want you to miss it, okay? Because it's a silly illustration, but they're, they're, it has eternal consequences, Okay? When we give our lives to Christ and when we become Jesus followers, it will always cost us something. Always. Okay? I promise you, if you trust Him, your life will always be better off. All of heaven is at your disposal, all of God's strength is in you. If you are willing to trust him and to obey him, 
All of a sudden, you, you, you have, you're full of power. You have peace. You're able to, to look at life, and you're able to look at sickness, and you're able to look at difficulties, whether they're financial, whether they're relational, you, you name it. And you can walk through those things in such a different way than if you didn't have Christ in you. And so we're not talking about a little $10 gift card to Starbucks now. We're talking about all of heaven at your disposal. We're not talking about just, we're not talking about just you, you know, going to heaven. And yes, I'm in. This is not fire insurance. This is stuff that you can use tomorrow in your walk with him. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. In just a moment of reflection, is there an area of your life where you would say, I'm a little bit more, my view on this, I'm leaning towards my comfort a little bit more than this. Is there an area of your life where your perspective is a little bit more from a human point of view than, a, than God's point of view? Where you're being a little bit more earthly minded. There's tons of areas in my life, folks. I'm telling you, do not look to me as a standard. I will fail you every time. Look to Jesus. He looked at his disciples and he said plainly, I've got to go to Jerusalem. He said, plainly, I'm going to die. And Peter's like, no, 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 you're crazy. What are you doing? Peter, get, get away from me, Satan. You have no idea. You're a trap. Only you and your Lord know if there is an area where you're choosing comfort rather than sacrifice. You know, for some of you, it may be and you know my heart, if you came to our owner's meeting on Wednesday, I said, get those car and decals and put them on your cars because you never know what people are going to see. And I know you don't drive perfect. I don't either. We'll get another, another one that says no perfect people allowed. But you're pointing people to the church, to a church that preaches the gospel. You're pointing people, and whether it's a car and decal or a, sand, or a yard sign or, or an invite card, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a matter of the heart. All of us, if you're a Jesus follower, will have to sacrifice something. In, in a few weeks, you're going to hear a lot more about an outreach initiative called Share the Love. And you're going to have an opportunity to share the love of Christ. I promise you, for some of it, it'll be fun. For, for some of it, for some of us, I should say, it'll be a little bit of, it'll take a little bit of sacrifice getting out of our comfort zone and being bold and being courageous. You want 2020 to be an incredible year? You want this decade to be an incredible decade? You want your life to matter? You want your life to really, you want to really make a difference? You got to pick up the cross symbol of shame, shame, it's a symbol of death. Throughout the series, we've said, week one, you've got to be consistent. 
Week two, you've got to be intentional. Week three, you have to own it. Own it. Own it. I promise you. I promise you. You will not regret it. People who win in the game of life do consistently what others do occasionally. How many of you would say, Pastor, there is an area right now that I need you to pray for me. That I'm... I'm going to choose against necessarily my comfort or my will, but there's an area clearly that God has given me this morning that I need. There's a step, and I would like you to pray for me. How many of you would raise your hand and say, yeah, sign me up, Pastor, pray for me? Yeah, man, hands all over the place. The hand is just a, a physical demonstration of what your heart is saying to him. You know, I love to see hands. I thrill when I see hands go up, and I applaud you for it. It shows me that your heart is sensitive. But ultimately, what's most important is the heart that God sees behind that hand. Father God, help us to be more like you. Lord, I need you. Father, we need you. God, thank you for the example that you left behind. Thank you that because of the death on the cross, thank you for when you said, not my will, but your will, you opened up a highway for us to have a relationship with you. We don't have to go through a priest anymore. Thank you, Father, that we, we, we can have forgiveness in you and we can have grace and we can, we can look at life from a totally different point of view. And so, God, we, we lift up your name on high today for the sacrifice that you've made. We're not worthy of who you are. God, thank you for dying for us. Thank you for the power of the cross. Thank you for the power of the resurrection. Thank you, Father, that, that we can. It's not over until you say it's over. And so, God, here is our lives. We give them back to you. Just help us to worship you. We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand up as we finish with this song.